This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, Episode 38. I said, okay, what am I going to do if I'm not going to do the educational route, which in hindsight, I would highly suggest if you're going to go into coaching, you need to go, you need to get a teaching degree because, again, the volatility, especially if you want to be in college athletics, you never know when you're going to be without a job. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. This is Scott Caulfield. I'm here today with Tobias Jacoby, head strength and conditioning coach, Strong Rock Christian out of south of Atlanta. We're here at the NSCA 2018 Coaches Conference. Coach, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. You got it. And uh, you are, you guys, yeah, tell us a little bit more about where you're at. You're in the high school setting, but where exactly is Strong Rock Christian? Strong Rock Christian is located in Locust Grove, Georgia. It's about 30 minutes south of Atlanta. Uh, so we have a great uh, area. It's a growing area. Um, we're a very young school, only about 11 years old. Uh, we're very blessed that uh, we've been lucky to have tremendous support, not only for our school, but for uh, athletics as well. So it's it's a, a great situation to be in and be coaching in uh, from my standpoint. Cool. And you've been there, you said, about four years. Yeah, um, this goes on my fourth year. Did they have a strength coach before you got there, or is this a new position? And They had the typical high school football coach does the weight room type thing, and he coached all the uh, weight training classes. And uh, I took that over as far as the class schedule goes. So uh, that's kind of how it was set up. When I took the position, uh, I took it with the fact that I was going to coach football for two to three years. And then after that, I would just move into strength and conditioning. So this is my first year uh, that I have just been doing strength and conditioning through the, uh, for the school. Okay, great, great. And it's been pretty well received then. Very uh, well received. Got yeah. great support yeah. from our administration, from our uh, principals, our uh, school administration. Yeah. It's kind of a little different with the uh, private school structure right. uh, with our CEO and our yeah. CFO and all those kind of people. So yeah. it's been tremendous, tremendous for me. Yeah, and so in being in a private school setting like that, uh, is, it, is it still kind of, tough with certain things are you able to kind of go with to them and say hey we need you know this for a budget i need to be able to do this for professional development and they understand it a little easier or you still have to fight some similar battles that everybody else does well uh, luckily when i came in we were actually in the process of creating a way for us to develop a strength and conditioning budget Uh, we have a shake program that we utilize that uh honestly it gives me a good amount of money to make improvements, to do my professional development, uh, to be able to grow our program. This past summer, we made a huge move in the right direction where we redid not only our current weight room completely, but also did basically added another weight room. Nice. So we actually have our girls' weight room and a guys' weight room wow. at our school. Uh, our girls' weight room also kind of doubles as a place that after school, 
since I run all the after-school programs, that weight room serves as a place for our staff to go and train as well. So we actually have a really good setup, um, you know, financially from a support standpoint. I am really, really, really lucky in that respect. Very cool. So tell, give us an idea of what a typical day might look like <laughs> if there is such a thing. <laughs> well, we utilize an interesting schedule, and I don't think I've ever found anybody yet, uh, all the high school strength coaches that I've had the privilege to meet that has a similar schedule. We, this is, I'll, I'll explain our schedule on Monday. Um, we have, we always start off with first period, then we go two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, and f- one, two, three, and four are all 55 minutes. Five, six, seven are 50 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Tuesday, we go one, seven, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. Okay. First period is 50 minutes. Second period is 50 minutes, or seventh period is 50 minutes. Second period is 50, but then third period is 45, and then also four, five, and six are 45. Okay, okay. Wednesday, we go one is 40 minutes, two, three, four, five, one, four, five, six are all 40, 40 minutes, seven is 55 minutes that day, and then two, three, and four. Two and three are 40 minutes. Now, we get out at 155 that day. Okay. So we have a shorter day. It's actually a really unique thing where being at a private school, we don't have teacher work days. Okay. So we literally build in our continuing education from an educational standpoint. Every Wednesday, we do an hour of continuing education with our our entire school. So our kids get out at 155 on Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Um, So it it is kind of nice for a teacher. It's a quicker day. You know, in the middle of the week, you know, you kind of breaks it up a little bit. Uh, But it also, uh, obviously, from a weight room standpoint, is a challenge. Anyway, Thursday is just like Tuesday, except we go five, six, seven, four. No, five, six, seven, two, three, four. Okay. And then Friday is total opposite of Monday, which it's one. Seven six five four three two. Oh man! So you guys must be good at math. <laughs> it's uh, you know when we get a kid who transfers into the high oh, school like, who's been at a public school, yeah. it takes you know they're lost. <laughs> yeah. they're lost. And we have schedules posted all up over yeah, the school, sure. and obviously yeah. the kids. You know you learn it once yeah. you uh, get there. But you know the the another unique challenge I have is my weight room is not at the school. Okay. Our weight room is about two hundred yards from the school. Oh. So not only do I have to allow for the traditional dress out, that kind of stuff, but we also have to add more time in to travel. So I lose, honestly, anywhere from 15 to 12 minutes a day with my kids dressing out. And the bottom line is, as a high school strength coach, you're going to figure out real quick you better, especially at an academic school. You know, we are. Yeah. You know, academics are tremendously important. That's why they come to our school. Okay. And so, you can be late to athletic performance. You're not going to be late to chemistry. Yeah. You're not going to be late to AP history. You're not yeah. going to be late to, you know, physics. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So, okay. you, you kind of see where it fits. Yeah. And uh, you know, try and make the best of what we can. And it's taken me time. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you this. 
I'm so much better of a coach now moving from the college level to the high school level because I've just learned so much as far as time management, organization. You know, it's been such a great opportunity to kind of learn trial by error, you know, uh, learning in the fire per se, where that we continue to work with our young kids but have such a limited time to get work done. And I would love to have a block schedule, 90 minutes, three days a week, that kind of stuff. However, because of how our school's set up, it's, it is just not going to happen. And, you know, the neat thing about the high school level is that everybody's situation is very, very unique to them. Yeah. And it's not a cookie-cutter type deal yeah. uh, that – you know, everybody's situation is really, really specific. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned being an NCAA setting. You were a strength coach in college for 15 years mm-hmm. before high school. Yep. So tell us about how, yeah, how, why or how did you make that switch to high school and why? But also let's get into, you know, all of the stuff you did as a college <laughs> strength coach, too, because you were at a lot of places. I was. Um I guess the reason why I made the move was more family related. Okay. My uh, when I was I was at East Carolina most recently, as far as from a college standpoint, had a great job. Worked for Jeff Connors, uh, strength coach of the year and a national strength coach of the year. And I had we worked with great assistants, had a great staff, had a lot of success in the time that I was there. Enjoyed my time. But the reality of, of things is uh, my daughter was not really doing very, my oldest was not doing well in school. And right, wrong, or indifferent, unfortunately, you're going to pay what you get for in education. Yeah. And when you're 48 in teacher compensation yeah. in the North Carolina educational system, as far as elementary, middle, and high schools, you know, and there are some great teachers, and I, I know great teachers in the state of North Carolina, but where we were, it just was not... Uh, not up to where what was good for my daughter and so an opportunity presented itself that was a chance to better take care of my family and and I'm a man of faith and you know I believe that the two most precious gifts I've ever been given are my two little girls and God tells you to be a good steward of what you have and that's what I wanted to do and so it was an opportunity to bring her to a school where it was small class sizes. She needed a lot of, you know, some, we ended up finding out she had some mild learning disabilities and things along those lines. So, um, which she had a couple of them, which were not a, nothing huge, but put them all together. Now it's an issue. And so we were blessed enough to be able to come to Strong Rock that she's absolutely flourished academically. And it's been nothing but a positive for us. And I'll tell you this, too. I chased the logo on my chest for a long time. You know, as a strength coach, you can say what you want to, uh, but we all do it. And in this profession, it is what it is. And I've been a part of uh, staff that have been fired. I've been a part of staff that have been retained. I've, that uh, job volatility is tough. And it's, it's not just tough on you. It's really tough on your family. Yeah. And I did not want to put my family through that year after year after year after year. Yeah. And I'd done that enough. And God bless my poor wife putting up with it. So when this opportunity came to move to the high school level, I said, okay, 
let's go. Uh, they, at the same time, I, you know, I, I'm not complaining about how much money I make. I, I've got a great work situation. Facility-wise, we're awesome. So it, it's really really was a no-brainer yeah. when, when I sat down and kind of looked at everything from that. So that was kind of the reason I made the move. Uh, but as far as my college coaching career, uh, I'll kind of go in backwards. Like I said, I was at East Carolina there for two years. Then uh, prior to that, I was at Charleston Southern. Then prior to that, I was at Kent State. Then prior to that, I was at Western Carolina. Before that, I was at Elon then at North Carolina, and then I started out at Cumberland University where I played at okay. uh, as far as my coaching, college coaching career yeah. goes. Yeah. And did you know you wanted to be a strength coach right after you got done playing? How did that trans? How did you figure that out to be a career path? That was a funny, uh, a funny thing. My, uh, I remember I kind of probably had a lot of, a lot of what college guys do I went and played college football uh, and I thought okay I'm gonna be a high school football coach PE teacher I'm sitting in an education class and uh, the teacher said you know they don't look too high this now I understand this is back in the mid 90s you know they don't look too highly upon tattoos and different things like that and I'm sitting here looking at myself I think I'd gotten my fourth or fifth tattoo <laughs> the day before I was like ah this doesn't look like it's gonna be for me so I said okay what am I gonna do if I'm not going to do the educational route, which in hindsight, I would highly suggest if you're going to go into coaching, you need to go, you need to get a teaching degree because again, the volatility, especially if you want to be in college athletics, yeah. you never know when you're going to be without a job. Yeah. However, I chose, I made the decision to get my physical education degree, but without a teaching license, the school I had, it would just basically be more what exercise science type stuff. Okay. So that's what I did. And I love training. So I said, well, you know what? I won, I'll, I'll, I'd like to be a strength coach. I was going into my senior year, and we had a strength coach position. It was a graduate assistant position at Cumberland. And one of my, one of my former teammates was that guy. Well, he ended up deciding for whatever reason about halfway through my senior season, he quit. Okay, so we didn't have a strength coach. So we finished the year out. And... Before that, my plan was to help him during the off season because I was wanting to get into being a strength coach. So the athletic trainer brings me, in my, brings me into his office the week of my last game, and he says, I got a question. He says, you know, you were going to help out Coach Montgomery, and obviously he quit. What would you think about running the weight room yourself? And I said, uh, you know, uh, okay. He said, basically, on paper, I would be over it, but you would do it. I said, now I'm still an undergrad. Yeah. I said, okay. You know, I'm taking 18 hours to graduate. Yeah. And it worked out. It, you know, he said the head football coach was on board. Uh, luckily, my teammates responded very well to me, not because I was anywhere near a very good player. I was on my best day, was average at best. However, they saw my work ethic and how hard – uh, I trained, and, and it translated over to them at least respecting what I said and what I asked them to do in the weight room in a positive way. So that's kind of how I got my start. Yeah. I, you know, just busted my tail in a little 900-square-foot weight room with old beat-up equipment. Uh, I actually uh, literally uh, they gave me a little bit of money uh, during that summer and said, hey, we want to do some renovations. I said, great. How much money you give me? So I think they gave me like two grand. I was like, ah, there ain't much renovating you're doing. So I literally just took every piece out 
painted it, <laughs> put it back in, and I think we added a, a couple more bumper plates or yeah. something like that. Nothing, you know, you, you can't get much for two grand even back then. Right. And, uh, you know, it was like, you know, when the guys came back, they were just in awe. It looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, it was a neat experience. Uh, but I, you know, busted my tail, and luckily one of our coaches – played at the University of North Carolina and got me into the camp okay. during that summer. And so I worked the camp and long story short, it ended up turning into a, a graduate assistant opportunity for me. Yeah. And so I took it and yeah. jumped at it. I mean, that's a, it was a no brainer right. Right. in that respect. What do you think some of the biggest takeaways were for you from that first gig working in that 900 square foot room? the biggest lessons you learned out of that it's so funny I, I go back and i look at some of my programming from when i when i was back then i was like oh my gosh i can't believe i did that did i really ask somebody to do that you know i laugh but the thing that i really think i took from that was and it's something i still use today is how creative you have to be as a strength and conditioning coach at any level yeah. uh, I'm like I said before I'm really really blessed where I'm at and we did some major renovations to our facilities this summer and so I was sitting down with our, our interim CEO uh, about a month after we did the renovations and he asks me are we using everything I was like <laughs> oh crap are we because I was so lucky, I literally got the bells and whistles. I yeah, mean, I got yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah. And I, sit, I had to sit down and I said, I got to be creative now, yeah. not for what I don't have, but what I do have. Yeah. And so it was, a, it was a unique challenge there. But that's something really that I took from that, you know, 900 square foot weight room with three squat racks, three, uh, three bench presses, two inclines, a leg press, a lat pull down machine. <laughs> we had to have a calf raise. We had to calf raise. <laughs> And some busted up dumbbells. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the creativity has been something that I really would say I've taken away from that. And just, you know, obviously, whatever situation it is, whether you have it or don't have it, yeah. but being creative as a strength coach. Yeah, that's huge. No, especially, and I think those, those experiences with that tiny weight room and no budget, you definitely uh, learn to make changes on the fly and make uh, adjustments and have to do that what uh what else being being through those different uh programs different college programs do you have for kind of advice or kind of um things you know traits or things that you know made other coaches that you worked with or whether you supervised successful and things that you think if someone is really in invested in either becoming a college strength coach or becoming a better college strength coach 15 years is a long time to be in the ncaa game so that's impressive so you know what what traits did you see in successful coaches uh passion number one passion no doubt not only passion for coaching passion for learning uh, I think uh, Jeff Connors used to always try and figure out a way to learn uh, kind of outside the box, which was neat, I thought. One thing that I did, which I think probably was the best learning experience I ever had, was I was coaching at Western Carolina, and I just had the idea. I was like, you know what? Uh, we were – not as successful as we should have been. So I said, you know, evaluate my program. And I evaluated everything. And I said, what am I evaluating? I said, I'll, all I know is what I know. 
I need to evaluate it compared to what? So what I did was I took the top 25 and I literally printed it off, went on the internet, found the phone numbers and the email addresses of all the strength coaches of, of the top 25 uh, 1A teams and 1AA teams. And I literally just came up with 10 blanket questions. And I emailed every single one of them. And you, I was unbelievably surprised how many people not only just responded via email, but called me oh. and took the time to say, hey, this is what we do in our off season. This is how we do it. And it was awesome. I mean, talking about Jeff Madden called me. Joe Ken called me. Chris Doyle called me. Uh, you know, you're talking the bigs of the bigs yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time, and still, you know, a lot to this day. Uh, it it was amazing to you know have the conversations with coaches that you know were so well accomplished and in this profession and two it was neat to get a lot you know a lot of it was affirmation yeah you're doing the right things coach right, right. you know that was a, that was a lot of the things was you're doing the right things keep moving the right direction which was great you know because as a young strength coach you needed that because we weren't as successful as we'd hoped to be yeah and so you know bottom line is sometimes you just got to keep your head down and keep working yeah and in a lot of those situations that's what it was but that was probably the best learning experience i lost those notes in one of my many moves and yeah. it ticks me off to this day <laughs> because it was that was it was so unbelievable yeah. wow what did you say in that email that you sent out what you were just like hey this is who i am and yeah I'm i just, just said, trying to make our program better or, yeah i just yeah. said hey coach uh, this is you know Tobias Jacoby, I'm a strength coach. I was at Western Carolina at the time. I said, hey, you know, I'm just trying to learn and better our program. Would you mind answering these 10 questions? And it would be like, what, you know, how many days a week do you lift during the season? Yeah. Uh, what level of, what type of periodization do you yeah. use? Okay. Do you power clean? Do you not? And if so, or if not, why? <sighs> What's your conditioning test? Yeah. What is, you know, do you train everybody the same? Do you, you know, just basically 10 questions i could figure out yeah and utilize and it it was awesome yeah. it was great that's cool no that's a great idea and i know a lot of people talk about doing site visits yeah and, you know i mean for obviously that's another just another way and definitely cold calling cold emailing uh those guys and to get a response like that that's yeah. super cool that's really cool um is there any difference in the between the levels that you found of uh, you know reaching out to high school strength coaches versus college strength coaches? Everybody pretty similar in how they uh, interact and share. Is it different? I would say the high school strength coaches a lot more open. College strength coaches, you're still going to get guys who aren't you know it's a secret it's a secret no <laughs> yeah. there's no secrets yeah. it's just um, it, it is what it is but i would say what i've found is and i'll be honest with you uh, and i don't want to offend any of my former colleagues at the collegiate level i've found so many high school coaches that are just unbelievable yeah. strength coaches right. that you know i can i know quite a few high school strength coaches that could coach circles around college guys yeah. A lot of college guys, and, yeah. and it's no disrespect. It's just right. 
reality because it blew my mind when I started meeting, you know, some of the better, I don't want to say better, but quote unquote higher profile sure. high school strength coaches, yeah. you know, Schofield and Fred Eves yeah. and, and Vanderbush and, you know, Micah Kurtz and John Garrish. And, um, you know, just talking to some of those guys, you're like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I admit when I came from the college level I thought I was going to reinvent the wheel and I had no clue what I was getting into to think that you can take a collegiate program and I don't want to say dumb it down but lessen it to the high school level you're 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 barking up the wrong tree yeah it's totally different dealing you know and again I was blessed like you said 15 years uh division one level and <laughs> I don't deal with that. You know, very rarely do I have that walk through my door now. Yeah, I think I have yeah. one of those kids, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have, I struggle with kids who walking and chewing gum at the same time <laughs> is yeah. somewhat of a difficult thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, high school strength and conditioning has come so far. It's growing probably as fast as any other profession is being recognized and people are putting resources to it um what what would you tell somebody who is listening to this and is is like no you know what i know what i want to be and i want to be a high school strength coach what things would what advice would you give them if that's already they're like i know i'm getting my degree in exercise science and i'm coming out and i want to that's where i want to be Get your teaching certificate. That would be the number one thing. I heard an interview with, uh, golly, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name. He's the head strength coach for the New York Giants. Okay. uh, For a long, long time. And uh, he he said it. That's kind of the first time I'd ever really heard somebody actually say that, is get your teaching degree. Get your – I'm lucky where in the private school setting I don't have to have it per se. With all all the other letters I have after my name, that kind of – because of what I teach, yeah. they're happy with it. Okay. So I'm also an exception yeah. when it comes to that. However, if I ever wanted to move towards the public school realm, yeah. I would have to get my teaching. Okay. Cert- and honestly, probably over time, I will get my yeah. teaching license and, and a master's degree in education yeah. because I know that's the route I want to go. But I would yeah. say number one is get your teaching degree. Obviously, you know, learn as much as you can. Uh, qualification you know i'm not a big believer that certification is qualification but it's a part right and you have to get time coaching athletes the thing that i've really been amazed with with the high school strength coach is just what a family community it is yeah and how just the relationships that have for me personally have been developed so quickly but are amazing uh, amazingly strong yeah and, you know, guys that, you know, when I come to conferences and things like that, being able to, you know, hanging out with Stu Venables and, and Ryan Johnson last night, uh, just being able to have an opportunity to, to, you know, pick up where we left off but just be really tight. It's really just, you know, it's like a family in that respect. And that's just something that's always been amazing to me yeah. about, you know, the high school strength coach. Yeah. Yeah, and you uh, you aren't talking at this conference, but you spoke at the last one, the high school track. Kind of, are there any uh, hot topics or anything that you are like going to be presenting on this year? Um, I am speaking on our speed program and what we do. Working for uh, Jeff Connors, a lot of the speed stuff that he does. Obviously, I've taken, so it's been something that I've kind of learned over years and, and constantly developed. 
and basically how do you utilize it for a high school system. Yeah. So I'll be speaking on that. Also speaking about uh, explosive training, uh, kind of alternate ways. Everybody thinks about the power clean, the snatch, and Olympic lifts, and I do those, and I love those, but also different vari- uh, variations of those exercises on top of other ways to kind of think outside the box when you're talking about developing triple extension. And then another one presentation I'm giving is basically training the high school multi-sport athlete okay. uh, yeah. because that's – that is the if you can figure that out, that is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Because most high schools, your better athletes are multi-sport kids. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what do you guys have as, or what do you utilize as kind of your system or <laughs> progression? Is there is there a way to describe it? And <laughs> there is. We have a, a system that has been developed. I utilized it at the college level somewhat. And I've had to fine-tune it and develop it over time. But we have a system of, first and foremost, we classify uh, our sports where I have – I'm a military brat, so – we have an artillery group, a cavalry group, and an infantry group. Okay. And our artillery group basically is our implement sports, our non-load absorbing sports. So my cross-country kids, my tennis kids, my golf kids, yeah. my pitchers in baseball and softball, those athletes. My equestrian team or my riflery team, we have yeah. those as well oh, wow. at our school. Yeah. So those kids are, are uh, in that artillery group. And basically, they're not going to they don't do as much absorbing of load. Yeah. So they kind of have their specific stuff to them. Our cavalry group is kind of our contact sports where it's my base, my position players in baseball, softball, soccer, basketball, volleyball, those kind of sports. They have their program, which is in between basically our artillery and our infantry because our infantry is our collision sports where it's our football, our wrestling, our throwers on a track team, those kids. And so we have basically a, a system set up that within that, uh, every athlete we have falls into. And then we all, we actually have another programming phase of our program where it's based off their chronological age, their training age, their abilities, their strength levels based off their body weight their movement screen score and something I've added this year is their athlete's attitude as far as how complex their program is. I talked to uh, one of the times that I was doing my interviews basically with coaches, I talked to Pat Ivey. And Pat was at the University of Missouri at the time and, and he talked about how they use a tiered type system with their training, with their football program. He said, but he never gives a kid, even regardless of how strong and explosive and fast he was, he never puts a kid in their top tier level if they don't trust them. Hmm. I said, you know what? That's a heck of an idea. Because yeah. if you think about it, just like as we all do, you know, the more complex training is, the more you have to pay attention to detail, whether it's technique, whether it's, you know, from a safety standpoint, because what you're doing could be really dangerous. Uh, you know, it, it, I was like, I like that and I want to implement that, but I need a way to quantify it. Yeah. And so I stole, uh, you know, I, as coaches, we're all great thieves. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah. I stole the uh, athlete's attitude from uh, Brian Clark out at Noblesville. Okay. And we have actually implemented that into our process of deciding what program our kids get. Okay. And uh, it's, 
we'll see. This is uh, this is the first semester actually. I've implemented it with it, so I'll cool. you know you'll have to come back to me in yeah, a couple yeah. months and find nice. out how that definitely, works. Definitely, definitely. Do you have uh, interns or you know assistants that help you out? I am really lucky where I have an assistant coach. She teaches our girls classes. Okay. We have really made a point to grow our girls program. Our guys program is pretty good, but our girls program for whatever reason just was not uh, to that to the level we would like it. So again, going back to one of the things that we did this summer with our renovations, we built our girls weight room. Right. So we have our girls weight room, we have our girls classes. We have a coach that I work with. I teach her and coach her up, educate her on what I what is what we want as a program for our athletes and she implements that program so I have uh, coach Heather Miller she works with me as far as with our girls program she's also our softball coach as well and then I will have interns from time to time it just kind of depends on uh how that works, but sure. uh, I've had I've had pretty good success with interns as cool. as well. What do you, what are you looking for in uh, in an intern or someone that wants to come spend some time learning from you? Interns is pretty simple. I want somebody who's willing to work, and I want somebody who's willing to keep their mouth shut and learn. And it's not a disrespect thing, but it's an understanding where you are in the profession. And I had to learn it because, trust me, it was taught to me many times whether, uh, you know, whether I liked it or not. But you have to be willing to sit back and say, okay, there's a million ways to skin a cat. What's the best way we can do it? And that's what I try and get our interns to learn. And so somebody who's definitely willing to be open-minded to training because some of the things that we do have to be unique because of our situation. Yeah. I like the saying that there's you have two ears and one mouth so that you should be listening twice as much as you're talking, you know. And Amen. it's an old old proverb, old saying, whatever you might call it. Um that's cool. What um kind of got a couple go-to questions here. Um if you could have dinner or conversation with any up, I say three people, or it could be any one person, but living, dead, or fictional, who would it be? Charlie Francis. I would love to sit down and pick his brain. I've always been, again, going back to my background, coaching with some of the places I've been at, He's he's been a guy that's really intrigued me yeah. as far as from a strength and conditioning aspect. Uh, I don't know, uh, dead. Uh, well, I guess another dead person would be uh, Paul from the Bible and seeing how uh, he spread the message of the Lord would just be, you know, in such adversity, I think would be an unbelievable, not only just a testimony, but, you know, how do you go so countercultural to something uh, is just, you know, that says something to me. Um, living, I have no idea, to be honest with you. <laughs> No worries, no worries. Scott Caulfield, there, there we go. You go. There you go. You're talking to him. And how about if you were in a totally different profession, but this far along, what do you think you'd be doing if it wasn't coaching? Something in computers. Okay. I really like computers. I, I like doing, with our programming, our how we set our stuff up is probably pretty unique. Just in Microsoft Excel, I, I love Team Builder and Train Heroic and all, you know, uh, Coach Me Plus and all those guys. They're, they're awesome. The funny thing is, when I talk when I talk to Hewitt at Team Builder, I, this is what I need. He's like, yeah, I can't do that yet. <laughs> uh, but it would be probably something in computers, yeah. uh, because I really enjoy that. It just makes sense to me. Yeah, very cool. Um, 
What if people listening to this want to reach out to you? How do people contact you, track you down? What's the best way to find it? The easiest way would be email. Because I'm doing, I wish I did not have so many things going on where I could spend more time with my family. I thought maybe moving to the high school level would allow that. It didn't. Uh, but uh, my email address is T J A C O B I at strong-rock.com. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. I always try and make it a point to uh, resp- respond to emails as promptly as I can uh, because I've done, I've done the same thing, and I believe that if somebody's going to take the time to communicate with me, I need to be to communicate with them. Very cool. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, you guys also have a Facebook group, Facebook page for your school, right? We have a Facebook yeah. page. We have, uh, if you search uh, Strong Rock Strength and Conditioning, we have a Twitter page. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's SRCS underscore strength. Cool. And then I'm also on Instagram. I think that's Tobias Jacoby one. Cool. So yeah, we'll get to all that stuff in the show notes. But looking forward to hanging out with you for the you know next couple of days. We got some receptions and stuff tonight, and uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.